Thank you for downloading the December 30th of 2007 Community Baptist Church Service Podcast. Our pastor, Dr. Tim Hobbs, will be preaching from Matthew, the second chapter, verses 13 through 23. The topic of this morning's sermon will be, How Long Will Injustice Rule? We now unite with the service in progress. Lord Jesus, we are still in the throes of celebrating your birth and life among us. We pray that you would revive in us the wonderment of Mary and Joseph living with the miracle and day-to-day practicality of life with you. We pray that you would renew in us the dedication of the wise men who sought long and hard to present you with your first birthday gifts. We pray that you would receive from us today abundant honor and love. And let us all seek after your purpose in this world, no matter what obstacles may be placed in our way. We love you, dear Jesus, and we vow to follow you to our dying day. Amen. Boys and girls, we want you to gather over here on this side for your time this morning. And any of you that never been here before or want somebody to help you out and come with you, that is great. Uh, we, we can do that. If everybody can move, we've got several of you here today. Great. Good morning, boys and girls. Well, last week we had the Christmas story, right? And do you remember an important character in the Christmas story? Who are some of the, the people that we talked about last week with the Christmas story? Who are some of them? The baby Jesus and Mary. And who else? Who else? 
What else? The three wise men. Somebody else I'm looking for. Joseph. Who said Joseph? Okay. Well, the week after Christmas, Joseph, he had a dream. And he had a dream, and it was a message from God that he had to pack baby Jesus up and move him to a far-off land in Egypt because something really bad was going to happen to baby. God told Joseph in this dream that something really bad was going to happen to baby Jesus, that King Herod was going to try to kill him. That's evil, isn't it? You don't. So Joseph followed God's lead and took baby Jesus to Egypt. And actually they call that putting him in exile. That exile is a place where nobody can get to him and he was protected. Okay? Protected from what? Why was Jesus doing that? Protecting from evil stuff. And being murdered was an evil, evil act. So have you ever had anybody be evil to you? You have? It's not, not fun, is it? Well, um, this particular week, we had something in our world that was very evil happen to a lady. Um, her name was the Prime Minister of Pakistan. She was murdered. It was really an awful thing. Um, Prime Minister Bhutto, she got up in her car and somebody shot her. And she had had her family in um, exile a few years ago. And this lady was to bring peace and democracy to a country that didn't have the freedoms that we have here in the United States. It's very similar to uh, what Joseph was trying to do to protect Jesus. We always know that there are bad things that happen, but guess who's always in control of bad things? Jesus and God. And we always need to look to him and lift our heads high and march on because he's always in control. Okay, so we got to keep that and remember that as we got it when bad things go on and evil, somebody does something evil to us that we've got to lift our heads high. Come on, listen to me and march on. Okay, do you all know how to march? Okay, you know, do you know how to march? Okay, let's all stand up and see if we can march.
Let's pray. Lord, we pray for those today who are excited about a new year, who are excited about a new chance. And we pray you'd be with them and that their resolutions are not just something they do, but they're really commitments to you. We pray for those who, Lord, have had tough times this past year and are almost glad to see things move on. We pray you would be with them as well, to let them see even your growth during those bad times and the cool things you can do for them now. Pray you'd be with these offerings and tithes and help us to use them for the ongoing of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Our scripture lesson for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, beginning with verse 13. Now, after the wise men had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and un- or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up. Take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth. So that what had been spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled, he will be called a Nazarene. This is the word of God for you and for me. Have you ever ever felt that life was simply out of control? Anybody ever felt like that? If you have, then you may be able to relate to the harrowing adventure of a certain basset hound named 
Tattoo, who lived in Tacoma, Washington. It seems that Tattoo's owner headed out for a drive one day, and but he didn't notice that Tattoo's leash had gotten caught in the car door. Gilbert, who was a police officer patrolling the neighborhood on his motorcycle, spotted this poor dog running alongside and occasionally rolling alongside this car. And so he stopped Tattoo's owner and alerted him to the situation. Well, thankfully, Tattoo came out all right, but he hasn't been begging for any walks lately. I, I think he's perfectly content to stay at home. You may feel a little bit like Tattoo does after these last few weeks of a holiday rush. I mean, this is always a busy time of the year, and and sometimes it just feels like we're constantly running along and sometimes even rolling along with little power to stop it. But now Christmas is over. The rush has ended The presents have been opened, the wrapping paper has been put away, and and now it's time for us to kick off our running shoes and relax a little bit, isn't it? However, unfortunately, that was not the case for Mary and Joseph and their newborn baby boy. For you see, after the shepherds went back to their flocks and after the wise men had gone back to the east, Mary and Joseph had to flee for their lives and for the life of their newborn baby son. You may recall that after following the star into the the region of Judea, the wise men were uncertain about their ultimate destination And so they consulted with King Herod, seeking the birthplace of this newborn king. And because of this, Herod was alerted to the fact that a child had been born who would one day become king. And Herod was not going to give up his throne without a fight. Now, you need to know that Herod was a thoroughly evil and violent man. He was married to 10 women. He had 15 children, 10 of whom were boys. And as his 10 sons grew up and became men, one of them was destined to become king. But Herod did not even trust his own sons. He accused two of them of treason. And in in the year 7 B.C., he sent two of these sons back to Rome where they were put on trial and executed. And three years later... Herod had his oldest son killed. It's no wonder that Caesar Augustus said of Herod, it is better to be Herod's pig than Herod's son. And by the way, that quotation is a play on words because in the Greek, the word for pig is his and the word for son is hias. And so it is better to be Herod's his than Herod's hias. But that just points to the kind of man that Herod was. And there were many other such stories that about Herod that demonstrated his paranoia and his lust for power and his disregard for human life. And so it's perfectly plausible that after he discovered that the wise men were not coming back to give him the precise location of the newborn king, that Herod would give orders to kill all of the baby boys in Bethlehem who were two years old and under. That was perfectly consistent with Herod's character. 
as writer Frederick Beekner has so beautifully put it, for all his enormous power, he knew that there was somebody in diapers more powerful still. Now, folks, I know that it is much more preferable and easier for us to hear the, the romanticized story of Christmas with Mary and Joseph and cattle and sheep and wise men and shepherds and, and, and stars and singing angels and all of those kinds of things. It is a sweet story. It is a story that brings joy to my heart each time I read it. However, the scriptures are not necessarily always so sweet and so joyful. They are also very realistic about the human condition. And, and the fact is that there are some very evil people in this world. And the scripture does not ignore that fact. Most of us, probably all of us here today, would rather that this story of the, the slaughter of the innocents was not in the Christmas story, but it's there. And we cannot ignore it. We dare not ignore it. Because this is the kind of world that we live in. Some of you are probably remember that classic television program, MASH, with, with Alan Alda. This program portrayed a group of army medics dealing with the heartbreaking challenges of the Korean War. And there was one episode that I remember in particular. The battalion is all set to celebrate Christmas. It's Christmas Day and and then all of a sudden they received a new patient, a severely wounded soldier, and the doctor's deepest fear comes true. The soldier died on the operating table. Well, even, even though the, it goes against all of the medical ethics of this doctor, one doctor writes down the incorrect time of death on the soldier's medical records, which allows them to tell the soldier's wife and children that he died on December the 26th and not on December the 25th. The doctor justified his actions by saying no child should have to connect Christmas with death. And I'm sure that every parent here would probably nod in agreement with that statement. No child should have to associate Christmas with death. But the fact is, this is connected with death as our story today indicates. Reverend David Cobb's son, Jackson, loves to hear bed, bedtime stories. And one evening, Cobb was telling his son the story of Christmas. He always told him the G-rated version that comes from Luke's gospel. It's full of drama and beautiful imagery, but it leaves out Herod's murderous rampage. And yet Reverend Cobb had forgotten that his son had heard the other Christmas story last year at church and from the story of Matthew, from the book of Matthew, that set Jesus' birth within the context of injustice and bloodshed. And Reverend Cobb had forgotten that his young son had asked all sorts of uncomfortable questions after the worship service, questions that he and his wife struggled to answer. And so as he tucked Jackson into bed that night, he began telling the Christmas story. And then he got to that part where the Magi leave their gifts. And then he said, the end. But that's when Jackson piped up and he asked, but what about the babies? 
His dad asked, what babies? And he said, the babies who died, like when Moses was born. He had remembered. He remembered that the Christmas story is is not only about miracles and angels and answered prayers, but it is also about injustice and the abuse of power and the shocking sacrifice of the incarnation of God. It's not the kind of thing that a child ought to have to think about. But my friends, we live in that kind of world. And it does no one any good to turn a blind eye to it. There are a lot of cruel, evil people in this world who will do just about anything to protect their position or their money or whatever it is that they claim as power. Some of you may remember many of us went to a musical this summer uh, down in Grand Rivers, the, the Cotton Patch Gospel. And in the Cotton Patch Gospel, we hear Herod singing these words to justify his actions in killing these innocent babies of Bethlehem. He sings all through the ages. The wise men and sages said there are dirty deeds that simply must be done to keep society going and the benefits flowing. There's simple necessity of hurting someone. It means strength and agility and taking responsibility. It's the core of what leadership's really about. When the red blood starts coming, just think of it as plumbing. If you've got a problem, you must flush it out. Now, I know that that sounds awfully callous and cruel. But my friends, there are people in this world who are. Callous and cruel. Most of us live in a sheltered life. Our lives are very sheltered, so sheltered that we can't even imagine the way many people in this earth live in places like the Gaza Strip and Sudan and Iraq. These people see Herod around them all the time. And as Nibby talked about just a few moments ago, recent events in Pakistan just this week demonstrates how a threat to one group's power prompts the cold-blooded murder of another political leader, all in the name of expedience. When the red, plump, red blood starts coming, just think of it as plumbing. If you've got a problem, you must flush it out. I think the 9-11 terrorists brought it home to us for a little while. But for the most part, most of us are personally unscathed by that, weren't we? It made us angry, made us realize that we're more vulnerable than we thought we were, and made our stock market go down for a while. But our lives here in America are still pretty good, and for the most part, pretty much unchanged. But that's not the case in much of the world. And the scriptures are very realistic about the human condition. And there are some evil, evil people out there. However, the scripture also reminds us that evil never, ever, ever has the last word. For you see, Mary and Joseph are forced to flee for their lives, but they know it's only for a while. 
They know that the promises of God concerning their son are true and God will never forsake them. And one day justice will prevail and one day God's kingdom will be established in the hearts of men and women and boys and girls all across this world. Yes, my friends, God will have the final word. Some of you may be familiar with a speech that Martin Luther King Jr. gave in uh, Montgomery, Alabama, on March 25th, 1965. In this speech, Dr. King asked the question, how long will it be until the hopes of his people are realized? This is how he puts it. Let me quote uh, segments of this speech. He says, how long will justice be crucified and truth bear it, he asked. I come here to say to you this afternoon, however difficult the moment, however frustrating the hour, it will not be long because truth crushed to the ground will rise again. If you read the speech on the Internet, you can see the responses of the audience. Speak on, sir. All right. How long? Encouraging the preacher to preach it. And by the way, if any of you would like to throw in an amen or two or a helping Jesus, that'll be just fine. Dr. King asked, how long? Not long, he said, because no lie can live forever. How long? Not long, because you shall reap what you sow. How long? Not long. Truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne. Yet that scaffold sways to the future and behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch over his own. How long? Not long. Because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. How long? Not long. Because... Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. He has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never call retreat. He is sifting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. Be jubilant my feet, our God is marching on. And that, my friends, is the glorious testimony of our scriptures. Evil shall not have the last word because God's truth is marching on. The scriptures tell us that even in a world that is filled with evil and hatred and bigotry and demonic violence, we can still have abundant life. The story of Herod and the slaughter of the innocents is a horrible, horrible story. But it is not without a redeeming message. Because you see, in the midst of this horror came forth our Savior, Jesus Christ. Evil did its very best to thwart God's purposes, but it was not successful, and nor shall it be forever. The fact is, life's hard. The story of Herod is a stark reminder of that truth. This is a scary world that we live in, but rest assured, my friends, evil does not have the last word. God does.
Dr. Karen Westerfield Tucker reminds us of that truth. She tells about an especially meaningful Christmas pageant that took place in her church. It began as a traditional pageant with children dressed up with their their parents' bathrobes, shepherds and angels and donkeys and such, and the congregation sang hymns and miniature versions of Mary and Joseph walked solemnly down the aisle and knelt beside the manger. And then something unexpected happened. We see little Mary pulled back the blanket, swaddling her baby Jesus to reveal that it was actually a wooden cross. And she lifted that cross up and held it over the manger, reminding the whole congregation of the real meaning of Christmas. For you see, this baby was born to die. And he did eventually die a cruel, cruel death, which is further evidence that this can be a cruel and evil world. But the hope of it all is that beyond the cross, there's an empty tomb. And after the slaughter of the innocents, Mary and Joseph and their son Jesus returned to Nazareth to rebuild their lives. And they were lives that would change the world as we know it forever. Yes, my friends, there are Herods in this world. There are evil, cruel people, and they are the epitome of evil personified. But they cannot defeat God. How long? Not long. Because mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord and God's truth is marching on. Amen. That is a wonderful truth for us to remember and to live by. God's truth is marching on. And as bad as the world can get, God has the last word. That gives us hope. Amen. We're going to invite you to respond to the moving of God's Holy Spirit in your life. As we sing together, number 633, Mine eyes have seen the glory. I've already preached it, now we can sing it. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Christ because maybe evil has come upon your life and and now it's time for you to stand up to it and say, you cannot conquer me. God has the final word and, and I am giving my life to God so that I can be victorious over anything you can throw at me. Perhaps there's someone who would like to unite with our church today and become a member of us of our church as we seek to be the people of God. We invite you to come as we sing our hymn of invitation. Mine eyes have seen the glory. Would you come?
our God is marching on. Glory, hallelujah. There's one thing that we need to take care of today before we dismiss, and that is that we have someone uh, presenting herself uh, for membership today, though she is not here, and that is Royce Neal. Uh, many of you know that Royce has to leave right after Sunday school to go to, to, go to work, and, but she wants to become a member of our church. And, uh, and I'll be honest with you, um, Royce has been coming here for a while, and somebody was talking about her the other day, and I, I said, sure, she's a member. And then I, well, no, she's not. <laughs> But uh, after today, I believe she will be. So if you will join me in welcoming Royce into our fellowship here at Community Baptist Church by raising your hand and saying amen. amen. I wish I had Royce here to say something to her, but, uh, but uh, she is at work and, and we certainly understand that. And we're glad that she is a member of our congregation now and a, and a part of us officially, though she has been a part of us in, in heart and in spirit for a long time. We're glad that you're here today. Let us pray. Let us bow for our benediction. Oh, God, may the birth of Jesus reverberate anew throughout our world with joy. And may the spirit of Jesus guide all of us and all of our words and thoughts with your love. And may the life of Jesus inspire us to follow your ways of peace and justice until the whole world is once again full of your glory. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.